Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. I know this goes without saying, but each day that passes, we are one day closer to the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Once again, Pastor J.D. shows us how the global unrest speaks to this. Believers in China are rising up. People are exiting the state of California. God is calling us to love in these last days. No matter what, Republican or Democrat, he's calling us to love those around us. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 3rd, 2019. See, America is the great Satan. Israel is the little Satan in the eyes of these deceived Islamic uh, regimes. They see Israel as the little Satan, the United States as the great Satan. And so, please, and let me hasten to say parenthetically that our battle is not against flesh and blood. I, I need to say this. This is one of those times when the Holy Spirit's pretty uh, strong, and I realize that sometimes when you see me up here struggling and fumbling and bumbling, I'm usually having a a talk with the Holy Spirit, or I should say the Holy Spirit's having a talk with me, and I'm kind of wrestling a little bit because I'm feeling that and sensing that He's impressing upon my heart to share something. And I I do have to share this, because I, I think this is the Lord. And maybe this is a word for somebody here today, or maybe for somebody in our online church. And we just got done talking about it in Thessalonians. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Democrats and Republicans, conservatives and liberals, right and left. <sighs> Sometimes, and I have to maybe speak for myself, I have to be careful that I don't come off more as a conservative than I do as a Christian. That's not the, that's not the right battle. <laughs> that's not the right fight. That's not the good fight. We're not wrestling against people. I mean, let me, let me ask you this question. Do you really believe that having the right political party in office is going to solve our problems? Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that's the answer? Is the right political... And I would venture to say that for the most part, you are and would identify as being a conservative, a conservative Christian. I almost don't like those words because of the implication of it. What do you mean a conservative Christian. I mean, 
if you're, that's redundant, isn't it? If you're a Christian, you by default are a conservative, right? It plays right into the hand of the enemy. I, I, I know I'm kind of uh, struggling here to communicate as clearly as I can, but I, I, maybe I just need to come out and say it. Um, can we just love one another? Yeah, but they're a Democrat. Really? I look at the the state of Hawaii, and I think to myself, oh, sweet Jesus. (laughs) Now, in my flesh, my my reaction in the flesh is something like this. And don't judge me, because you're just as guilty as as I am when, when I say this, okay? My first reaction in the flesh is, you know. You see these politicians on, on TV, and they're just, I mean, you, you, you can't believe your ears. What? What? And it's not just Hawaii, the whole nation. I think about California. I mean, oh my goodness. You know, people are leaving that state. For all of you online members in California, we love you. We'll pray for you. (laughs) But then I'm reminded of something, and I thank God for it, because I'm reminded that the early church, you know the one we just talked about, that loved each other so much that the Roman Empire took notice of their love one for another? that was under Caesar Nero. He would take Christians and he would dip them in tar and burn them alive and say, now let your light shine, light of the world. Uh, Christians were put to death. Christians were persecuted. Christians were tortured. Christians were martyred. Yet they didn't have a pro-Israel president, as it were. (laughs) This is the early church. You don't see them picketing and protesting and lobbying. What you do see them doing is praying. Again, I, I won't take it much further, just one more thing on this matter. You know, we talk about prayer in schools, right? Um, How about prayer in the churches? We talk about, you know, Christianity in the public square. How about just real deal Christianity in the church? How about we start there? How about that? There's so much hatred. And even amongst Christians, it's hard for me. I don't much anymore go on social media. We actually have people that do our social media for us. But every once in a while I'll uh, click on the mouse and scroll. And as I do, I just get so grieved. I see some of these posts. And for the life of me, I could never imagine Jesus ever posting something like that. Yeah, but they're so liberal. Well, what do you expect? 
Do you expect the lost to behave in a way that the saved one, they're not regenerated. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They, by the way, they're, they're behaving the same way you behaved before you got saved, right? They're lost. They need Jesus. I've been lately in God's, by the grace of God, and just it's only by the grace of God, I, I've really had a change of heart in this regard. And so now uh, I just pray for these people because they need Jesus. They are so lost. And if you really think about it, if the rapture were to happen, they would be left behind. And Jesus loves them just as much as He loves us. And Jesus died for them just as much as He died for us. They're deceived. They're deceived. They need the Lord. And so here we are, you know, rising up with our cause, you know, that's another thing. I, there are three reasons why you come to a church or are called to a church. Well, I should say really three reasons why you'll go to a church and attend a church. Number one, it's for the community. Number, it's not bad. Number two, it's for the cause. You have a cause. Or number three, it's for Christ either the community, the cause, or Christ. I think there are too many Christians that have a cause, but they don't have the Christ. They don't have the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ. Okay, well, I feel better. I, I, you probably don't, but oh well. <laughs> Those of us who know Bible prophecy are not shaken by the turmoil and uncertainty, because we know what God's Word says is going to happen, and it settles us, and it readies us, and it steadies us. Here's the truth. There are no other religious writings that have prophecies foretelling future events. Did you know that? Only the Bible. And there's a reason for that. Because God says, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens, so that you'll know that I am God. Nobody else can say that. That's why when you read the Qur'an, there's no prophetic foretelling of future events. Because Allah is not God, false God. Muhammad, false prophet. Oh, be careful, pastor. <laughs> Sorry, I just said that. Listen to what God says through the prophet Isaiah, chapter 46, verses 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. Nobody does that. I alone do that. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. In other words, I am God, and I'm going to prove it. How? By telling you in advance what's going to happen in the future, so that when it happens, you'll go, wait a minute, God said that would happen, and it did happen. That means He's right, and He's God, and 
He's true. I love it when God does this in Isaiah chapter 41. It's so cool. He's basically taunting these false gods, which are no gods at all. I mean, this is so good. I I love it. Listen to what he says. Present your case, says the Lord. Hey, bring your, your case into the court and you argue your case. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Bring forth your strong reasons, says the king of Jacob. Let them bring forth and show us what will happen. Let them show the former things what they were, that we may consider them and know the latter end of them, or declare to us things to come. Show the things that are to come hereafter. I dare you. No, he doesn't say that. I was, uh, but it's kind, of, it's kind of like you saying that. I, I just want to see you try. <laughs> you can't. Show the things that are to come hereafter that we may know that you are God's. You're not. Yes, do good or do evil that we may be dismayed and see it together. It reminds me of when Elijah has that contest with the prophets of Baal, and they bring this, put together this altar, and they have the sacrifice on the altar, and he says to the prophets of Baal, you go, go ahead, go ahead. You call down uh, your, from your God and have him consume this altar. And I mean these, they're screaming, cutting themselves. And Elijah's having a lot of fun with this, maybe too much fun. He's like, um, you know, maybe he's, scream louder, because maybe he's hard of hearing. Maybe he can't hear you. So they scream louder. Oh, hey, he still hasn't heard you. This is actually in the original language, the, the idea of what he says. He says, maybe he's in the bathroom. He just, just you know. No, that's, I, First Kings 19. Don't look at me like that. First Kings 19. Maybe he's in the bathroom. He's busy right now. He just, you know. So <laughs> this goes on virtually all day. And finally, it's like Elijah just says, get out of my way. Really? He says, you know what? Just so there's no question, I want you to just douse this altar with water and watch the Lord now. And he calls out to the Lord and I really wonder if Elijah was a pyromaniac. No, I'm serious, right? Because there was a thing about fire with him. So he calls fire down, it consumes the sacrifice. You know, he went up to heaven in a fiery chariot. Right? I I think it's like God knew. I know you're into fire, man. So come on up. Let's just, you know, we'll have the fire and everything. You know, when he comes to him in the cave, when he's running from Jezebel, after he slays the prophets of Baal, and Jezebel's like, I'm going to kill you. Got a contract out on you. And he runs and he's hiding in the cave. And God comes to him and says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he speaks in this still small voice. But prior to that still small voice, there's this mighty earthquake. There's this great fire and this mighty wind. And we're told that God was in none of those. And certainly one would think if you want to get through to Elijah, you need to use fire. 
He uses fire, but he doesn't speak through the fire. Anyway, I just, that's a, an aside, no extra charge for that. And here's the bottom line. God tells us with 100% precision accuracy what's going to happen before it happens. So when it happens, we will believe. Jesus said, John 14, 29, I'm going to tell you before it happens, what's going to happen, so that when it begins to happen, you will believe that I am the great I am. I am He. That's how, that's how you're going to know. Because I already told you it was going to happen. You know that Zechariah prophecy we just read, chapter 12? That was written over 2,500 years ago. And we're watching it now unfold with 100% precision accuracy right before our very eyes. This is why we do these prophecy updates every week. (laughs) It's also why we end with the gospel of Jesus Christ every week. And it's also why we do the simple ABCs of salvation every week. Would you just kindly give me a couple more minutes to share with you very simply the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. When the Apostle Paul writes of the Corinthians in his first epistle, chapter 15, he says that the gospel is that Jesus Christ came the first time. He was crucified. He was buried. And he rose again on the third day. And he's coming back again one day. That's the good news. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Now, what are we going to do with that? Well, that's where the ABCs come in. It's very simple. It's childlike simple. Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must become like a a little child. That childlike faith and trust. I mean, in no way to ever insult anybody's intelligence when we do these ABCs of salvation, but it is just a simple way to explain how to be saved. So the A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned and that you need the Savior. This is what repentance is. It's a change of mind. So now God can change your heart from the inside out. It's a turning from your sin and turning to the Savior for forgiveness of sin. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. In other words, nobody's good enough. You might be good, but you'll never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the good news, and it comes on the heels of first the bad news, which is that we've all been sentenced to death because all have sinned. That's the bad news. We've transgressed. We've broken God's law. We've fallen short of God's perfect standard of righteousness. That's the bad news. Now here comes the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. The B 
is for belief in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C lastly is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says it, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice it doesn't say you should, or you could, or you might. No, it says you will. And Romans ten thirteen says the same thing. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's it. And that's why we do these prophecy updates. Because you never know who's going to be in this church, first service or second service on any given Sunday, and we don't know who's watching online. And maybe you're hearing this for the first time, and you're looking at this going, wow, I'm connecting the dots here. This is (laughs) kind of terrifying, actually. That's a good thing. You know, Bible prophecy can either be exciting or terrifying. And whichever it is, is a good indication of where you're at with the Lord. If it's exciting, that means you're right with the Lord and ready for the Lord. If it's terrifying, it means you need to get right with the Lord. I've always said that I would rather scare somebody into heaven than flatter them into hell. (laughs) I'd rather that this terrify someone if it's going to bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If that's you here today, I implore you. Today's the day of salvation. If you're watching online, I implore you today. Father, thank you. Thank you that we don't have to be unsettled or uncertain as we see what's happening in the world today, because we know what you said would happen in your word. And we see it happening, Lord. And it is exciting for those of us that are watching with great anticipation and listening for the sound of that trumpet and your return for us as your bride, as your church. Lord, come quickly, we pray. Lord, we're also keenly aware that there are those for whom this is very unsettling. And that's a good thing. Because it is a shaking and a waking that needs to take place. So Lord, I pray if anybody that is here or watching this, that has never called upon you, believing in their heart, confessing with their mouth, acknowledging their sin, their need for you as the Savior. Pray that they would do that today. And Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.